son of them shit you found come out here again. Sam Hill. <laughs> Sam Hill, you talking about. They say Sam Hell or Sam Hill. It's Sam it's, Hill. What's Sam what Hill? What in the Sam Hill? I don't know. Let's find out. Well, who's Sam Hill? Is it a euphemism for the devil? Might be a euphemism for Samuel Hill. Who's that? I don't know. Well, I think he's a businessman. What in the Sam Hill? Here we go. I'm saying uh, oath to the devil or hell personified. What in the Sam Hill is that? And Sam coming from Salmon. Yeah, Salmon. Salomon. And oath. Oh. And Hill from hell. I knew it. I knew it was going to be some weird backcountry devil shit. That's what Beetlejuice is all about. Some weird backcountry devil shit. A little bit. A little bit. It's, just, yeah, it's uh, more like some weird backcountry Aleister Crowley shit. <laughs> yeah, my afterlife is as bureaucratic as possible. <laughs> I was gonna. I was curious what the Alistair Crowley um, connection would be, but then, uh, yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> I don't you make you the, see, there's uh, there's four locks here, but uh, there's two keepers of the Great Seal. <laughs> <laughs> as bureaucratic as possible. Everything, even afterlife, completely boring. <laughs> Do you want to make that afterlife is as Byzantine as the real life, but it's gonna sound cooler. It's all Alistair Crowley knew. Crowley, Alistair Crowley. That's all he knew was the uh, the bureaucracy, <laughs> filling out forms, signing his name on a blank piece of paper, like one Mister Donald Trump, <laughs> <laughs> working hard at Walter Reed. Yeah, oh, his name. <laughs> ten minutes. Those two photos are taking ten minutes apart. Did you see that shit? <laughs> Ah, ah, it's fine. We're, everything's fine. I wonder what Trump's afterlife will be like. You know, thoughts and prayers or whatever. Oh fuck that shit! Like <laughs> last week, everyone was like, "He's worse than Hitler. He's gonna destroy democracy. He won't give up the election. There's no way to defeat him. He's the most evil man alive." And then this week, everyone's like, "Oh, oh, thoughts and prayers. We love our president." Well, I mean, like Trump we gotta fuck separate this. Shit. You gotta What's separate. That, yeah. You gotta separate that a little bit into two categories because like there's like the like the media figures and politicians that like honestly can't say, oh, yeah. I hope the president dies. So they gotta say thoughts and prayers. Like you're not gonna see Bernie or any or Elizabeth Warren or any of those I fuckers coming they out and say, that say shit. nothing at all. But like, <laughs> no, won't but, speak uh, on. You know, I was I was a lot more concerned about Rick Moranis the other day. Yeah, because <laughs> he got punched for no reason. <laughs> Punch. Is he okay? We haven't heard of God enough Rick Moranis. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. It's, but he probably was attacked because they were like, come back to movies, you asshole. Punch. <laughs> we need another Honey, I Shrunk the something. No, we need a new Aren't strength. they doing like Honey, I Shrunk the Grandkids for Disney Plus or some I shit? I don't know. I, I could have I saw that. Or maybe it was a fever dream. Was, we need a new Strange Brew. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> What's the McKenzie brothers up to? Isn't the other one dead? Is he? I think so. The Did guy that was die? also on like, yeah. um, whose line is it anyway? And uh, no, what was this? he was on some sitcom where he's yeah, a side character. About. You know, he's got the nose. He's <laughs> <laughs> Canadian. He's got a schnoz on him. Speaking of good things making a comeback, you mentioned it on the stream, but fucking Salem's back after a decade, just in time for Halloween. The cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Salem, the witch house band. Oh, witch house group, kind of the real originators of the genre. Many people tried to copy Salem, but none of them hit the same. It's probably because there's one specific memory I have, like coming down from acid, where I was listening to King Knight. 
All your memories are coming down from acid. Most of them are. There was like most of my twenties were basically a long come down, like interspersed with the come up. But yeah, it was cool to come down from acid and listen to King Knight. And like I had done it with my roommate and his girlfriend, and like they were like, I'll tuck it out and go into bed. And I was like, this is it. It's only like nine o'clock. And I'm just sitting here listening to Salem in my bed, feeling sad and lonely. But then luckily, randomly, some other friends came over. And I drank a bunch of wine and took some Ambien and don't remember the rest of the night, but I know it was a good time. And I woke up with um, a girl in my bed, so technically I was date raped. (laughs) (laughs) What a story. (laughs) So many twists and turns. and I mean, you might have date raped her right back. You don't know. Maybe, because I don't remember like the last two or three hours of the night because of the ambient. You don't know how much wine and ambient she was on. That's true. I don't. I, well, I got the ambient from my roommate's girlfriend. I was the only one who was privy to the ambient. Hmm. I tried to take it strategically where I was like, all right, I'm ready to go to uh, bed. You can't and, like, take, like, the ambient <laughs> is not a strategic take. <laughs> that was my thing. Is like, I'm ready to go to bed in like half an hour. I'll take it now. But then I took it, and then who knows what happened the rest of the night? Who knows? I do know how I got her um, into Pregnant. my... Oh. Uh, it got into the sexual situation with her, though. It was all I had to do was tell her about how good the um, season two through nine of The Simpsons were, and she needed to watch it to really understand The Simpsons. And she was like, you gotta show it to me sometime. I was like, I'll show it to you tonight. But I don't think we ever ended up watching The Simpsons. Hmm. Anyways, Thanks. my point That's is... That's Matt groaning. <laughs> Yeah, the point is, Salem's great. The Simpsons are yeah, great. That was the uh, Netflix and Chill. We're all we're familiar with it, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Dude, this was cutting edge stuff. This was before Netflix and Chill was even a meme. Netflix and I mean, that, the whole idea of Netflix and Chill has existed forever. I've seen Clueless. Oh, let's come over and watch a movie. Oh yeah, but I mean, I, this literally took place before Netflix and Chill was a meme. So, so Clueless. I guess it wasn't cutting edge, but it was ahead of the meme, ahead of the curve, ahead of the internet. <laughs> You could have created a meme, but you didn't. Because yeah. Netflix didn't exist. You no, were, it, was, it was a movie and show. Oh, well, the, the people who create memes generally aren't the people that are doing drugs and having sex on the weekends and stuff. So I, no, I was, no, they know exactly what the chill is. No, I was busy uh, living my life. I didn't have time to create memes for dorks. Now I have plenty, now, now I have plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you doing it? I'm retired. Damn it. But the point well, of that story is... I don't have enough money is, to be retired. Uh, Life is great with drugs and friends and just doing what you want and having a good time. That's why I'm now an anarcho-primitivist. Mm. I've decided I'm going back. I want. I feel like I want a banana. I get banana. That's all there is to life. That's how it needs to be. <laughs> dun, dun. Remember when we watched Suspiria and we were talking about how David Gordon Green was at one point going to remake it? Yes. Um, I forgot at the time. Uh, he did eventually go on to make a remake soft reboot of Halloween. Of course, 2018's Halloween. I forgot he did that with the help of his friend, Danny McBride. But I actually watched it this week and um, it's a pretty good looking movie. The soundtrack is dope. Um, The writing's bad though. So fuck you, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green. (laughs) The writing's not bad. There's just a lot of shit. I I personally wouldn't have I would have changed. Is it is like they have like a stick or thorn or a hack or what the fuck the dude was named? Wasn't that like the, the the whole after Carpenter leaves? What season of the witch? 
Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they like they have like some whole backstory. It does tie into the season of the witch too. Oh, you mean like it. the cult shit? And yeah. The, the, no, that's not it. This, no. this that's why it's a soft reboot. This one acts as though only the first movie happened. No, oh, they always do that. Yeah, well, it's because none of the other they ones soft are any rebooted good. it like fourteen times. Well, none of the other ones are any good, <laughs> except for I, Halloween Two is all right, but you just got to watch it with Halloween and be like, yes, this is the extended cut. <laughs> Yes, yes, I can see where they ended it where they did. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a cult who makes some superhuman. Um, I, but, I mean, I'm glad the, the superhuman cult shit sucks. I hate Michael Myers being, like, unstoppable zombie man. That's stupid. But it kind of works against this movie's favor because this movie treats, like, time literally. So it's been, like, 40 years since... Yeah, so it's, like, 60-year-old Michael Myers, like, stomping around, or 70-year-old Michael Myers. Yeah, and he's straight up killing people with his bare hands and shit. He's been in a mental asylum for 40 years. They, they're not letting him hit the weights or anything. There's no way he'd be in good <laughs> shape or anything. Yeah they're, yeah, they're feeding him government-grade gruel, and it's marked with, like, not for long-term human consumption on yeah. it. <laughs> That's, like, my only problem with it is, like, I don't know how you would write around that if you're trying to set it up the way they were but it's just like the first few scenes where he's like killing people with their bare hands and like overpowers a 40 year old man with the tire iron it was like I don't think so I think that old man would have got his shit wrecked <laughs> cause that's like even Arnold Schwarzenegger at his age like I know he stays in shape and shit I could fuck him up <laughs> yeah if you had a tire iron for sure not even I'll that I'll fire Arnold Schwarzenegger with a tire iron right now <laughs> I just kicked the shit out of his knees yeah, so, I mean, obviously, suspension of disbelief, but there's a lot of, like, I don't know. I would have written it a different way so he's getting the jump on people a lot instead of just going toe-to-toe with healthy adults. <laughs> he's more of a, uh, just a spookum killer now. Well, yeah, that's the thing, because he's, like, oh, he's still, like, super tall. But, like, when you're 60 and 6'6", you're barely walking around. Your back hurts, your knees hurt. You know what I mean? He's like, to be able to be out there killing and shit ridiculous <laughs> he does he does yoga he's all not ddp yoga they just always showed him standing around doing nothing when he's nah, in he's, 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 he was just getting done with his downward dogs yeah you're probably right he was doing ddp yoga getting back into ring shape as they say as they say another thing that people say is beetlejuice 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 and then the um cartoon theme song plays from the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are... Ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away? Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. It's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! Who's no ordinary ghost. Yeah, you don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice, fool your friends, fun party. Not bad. This is amazing. You want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, here I come, baby. He's guaranteed to put some life... Attention, keyboard shoppers. ...in your afterlife. Michael Keaton 
is Beetlejuice. I'm the ghost with the most, babe. It's nothing like the movie because he I always I can't remember if they ever do they even ever show either set of, of parents, the ghost parents or the real parents in the cartoon. I don't remember ever seeing them. Uh Lydia's parents, the Dietzes, are in the cartoon, but the Maitlands, who are arguably the main characters of the movie, do not appear in the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The cartoon um doesn't have anything to do with the movie. But I remember seeing the cartoon a lot before I had seen the original movie in full. So um, I guess it was it was jarring what the movie was like when I did finally watch it. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing the movie at a very, very young age, probably five or six, I guess. Yeah, but you don't know what it is. Um, and uh, being very scared of the whole concept of the sandworms and stepping outside of your house into like another world. And like I, I've, I had... A lot of fear about about walking outside my house and being swept away into another world, probably a Dune universe where there's a sandworm, the giant butthole leeches, according to Denis Villeneuve. That concept is pretty scary in general. Like stepping out your front door and um, it's like hell. Like <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, they took uh, Bilbo's. You never know uh, what'll happen when you take out such your front door, Frodo, and, and it made it weird. Mm-hmm. You never know. That's for the hobbits, though, is they didn't know anything outside of the Shire. So to them, it probably was like, all I know is there's orcs and fucking dragons. I mean, out there shit, shit. they kind of did. It kind of has the same concept, only a lot more steps. To <laughs> between them and how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For certain um, races and groups in Lord of the Rings, they're basically living in hell. <laughs> I, I don't know who. <laughs> What else? Oh, love the Shire. What else? They were fucking. They had giant talking spiders for neighbors that were always trying to kill them. That's just crazy. <laughs> that was pretty. Well, that's because they're letting the the necromancer in their woods. Man, I, I absolutely we need to deal with that situation. <laughs> Not me though. Fucking, can you imagine? Ugh, yucky. Giant spiders. <laughs> just the worst. Mm-hmm. Talking ones too, and you know they sound like clicky clack. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yuck, and they'd be all drooling. I can smell your blood. You can't tell if it's drool or poison. And they probably do that thing where, like, where they're killing you, and they like um spin around and shoot a little web on the ground with their ass, like tarantulas do. Unbelievable. They're probably not even dead all the way. You know what I mean? They leave you there for a day or two. You're slowly dying. Yeah, why does Sheila have a stinger, though? That's weird. Spiders don't usually have stingers. She's like a special one. She's a god. Yes. Um, well, Beetlejuice, though. In Beetlejuice, there are no gods. It's just um, the only god is bureaucracy. And death. Rigid that, order. The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. That's pretty much it. Nailed it that time, IMDb. Got him. One and done. Who directed this joint? Uh, I think it was Steven Spielberg. Yeah, this has all the, the fingerprints, all the hallmarks of Steven Spielberg film. It was actually Tim Burton, though, shockingly. Mm. I don't know how you would have noticed. So I didn't see any like um, German expressionism in it, in the set design at all. Who would have known? Yeah, it's very Melania Trump Christmas party. She doesn't like Christmas, right? Is that uh, what the joke uh, is? Fuck Christmas. Uh, fuck the kids. Uh, fuck Halloween. Uh, fuck a decoration. Oh, she I tried like, to help the kid. She was like Halloween either. I assume she's like anyway. Oh, I just thought maybe she didn't like Christmas because like, um, 
lot of people don't like Christmas. <laughs> you know, like sad, lonely people. Who cares about Christmas? I don't particularly like Christmas. I like the family part of it, but most of the other shit in Christmas is like, eh, who cares? No, I like the lights, like the fucking trees. Great shit. Fucking people baking shit all the time. Fun. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good, I guess. Yeah, but the, I don't know. I don't care about like the gifts or the most of the Christmas stuff. I haven't really gotten gifts in years. Yeah. My big thing with Christmas is uh, I have this problem with Halloween a little bit too, as much as I love Halloween, is um we don't burn shit enough anymore. <laughs> All these holidays used to be about burning effigies and shit. We need to get back to it. Well, well, someday we'll start a bee colony and we can burn a wicker, man. Hell yeah. This burning me won't bring back your goddamn, <laughs> goddamn honey. honey. Like, we have I was thinking more like uh, the Christopher Lee version, but sure. <laughs> yeah, the actual good one. <laughs> It's crazy that the remake is so bad and comical that um, it kind of outweighs the original in my mind, even though I know the original is like pinnacle of like fish out of water, like cult horror. And I can the- picture Christopher Lee very clearly in my mind from that movie. When I think Booker Man, I think, uh, I think, oh, goddamn bees, give just, me your bicycle. Oh, yeah, the scene where he's knocking masks off kids and running around and stuff. Punching <laughs> like, punch women in bear yeah. costumes. Nick Cage, you're the best, man. Never be another Nick Cage. You could be the next kid, Nick Cage. You got time. That's true. Got plenty of time. Actually, at this point, by the time I start acting, I'll be the next Alan Rickman and that I didn't start acting until I was like 40. He's got he's to find the right agent. Uh, here's the thing about Tim Burton. Everyone might be familiar with this, though, is um, Tim Burton used to be great. Uh, basically, every movie he made slapped ass until he made Planet of the Apes, and then he hasn't made a good movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> Big Fish was all right. Big Fish is okay. Yeah, that's like yeah. The one caveat. Yeah, that's pretty true. I yeah, guess some people do like that for the first Alice in Wonderland movie. But I did. I, I know. Oh yeah, but that's like hot topic weirdos. People that are just really into the aesthetic of um being an outsider while not actually being outsider. They're just still a consumer whore. I always I always like to second try the apple with the corpse bride too. <laughs> they made a sequel to that? No, I just meant like how he did the Corpse Bride after the Nightmare on Elm Street. Or not Nightmare, so Nightmare Before Christmas. He also did um Frankenweenie. Oh, uh, was that him? Yeah, that was I know him. there was a period where there were like three kind of kitty horror movies came out at the same time. Pretty sure yeah, Frankenweenie Frank was his, right? Yeah. Or was it Perry Norman? Well, Perry Norman is Henry Selleck, who's actually good at making yeah, Okay, movies. that was the good one. Yeah. Paranorman yeah, is really Sandler, good. Uh, yeah, I understand there was. Hotel Transylvania? That's the one. I've seen that movie a couple times with your kids. <laughs> yeah, you believe me, I've seen it more than a couple times. Hotel Transylvania. They should have done a remix to Hotel California for that movie. <laughs> That'd be badass. Uh, but um, he, know a fourth one. Beetlejuice was so good, though, that it allowed him to direct Batman. So that's a pretty big deal. Well, Pee Wee's Herman was so good that let him do uh, Beetlejuice. Well, Pee Wee Herman was so good that he was like, all right, time to write my Batman script. And then Warner Brothers was like, pretty good script. I don't know if we're going to get this shit made, though. And then he's like, fine, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice made enough money. It was like, I think we can do it. Uh, Wes Craven, however, was actually the first choice to direct this movie. It'll make, that'll make more sense when I tell you about um, some of the changes that were made from the original script. The original <laughs> script does sound quite a bit like a Wes Craven movie. Uh, so yeah, Burton had become a bankable director at this point thanks to Pee-wee's Big Adventure. 
was working on his Batman script, but um, wasn't going to get Greenland at the time because he wasn't that bankable of a director. Uh, so he started reading other scripts and was dismayed by the lack of originality, which, I mean, <laughs> he's eventually going to make a Dumbo remake. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that he's made, what, three remakes at this point? Four if you count that, uh, that he made two Alice movies. Yeah, so two Alice in Wonderlands, um, Dumbo... Uh, shadows movie into the shadows dark, dark shadows that's one right yeah it was a tv show uh, big fish was a book or something wasn't it uh, that's true big fish was a book sleepy hollow is everyone knows that story it's a remake of washington Irving's. Uh, you know, i mean you can't really give him credit for batman either no he f- turns out tim burton's a hack <laughs> One thing he did. We, oh, we discover it here on the VHS Gold. VHS Gold. VHS Gold. VHS Gold. Forget everything you know about Ed Wood. He's a hack. Tim Burns a hack. No, oh, I think Ed Wood was a hack. We're just kidding. Ed Wood was a hack, but one of the greatest hacks to ever uh, make films. It's one of the greatest hacks to ever hack. That's right. If you can hack as well as uh, Ed Wood, then, I mean, you deserve rewards. Um, so yeah, he's like, all these scripts suck. Hollywood's bullshit. And producer David Geffen was like, here's a script written by a man named Michael McDowell. It's called Beetlejuice. Um, Beetle, guys. Beetlejuice. Now they spell it phonetically, kind of, instead of the star. I don't understand why. Why do you think they did that? So people be able to pronounce it for sure? I thought it was, I thought it was specifically because he's not allowed to like reveal his name or something. It's not some sort of Rumpelstiltskin shit. Oh, maybe. I thought it was more like a marketing thing. I'm pretty sure it has much more to do with marketing things because <laughs> his name appears as written as the name of the star in his ad in the movie. And they show his name as how it's spelled for the star in the movie. And the movie just happens to be spelled out as Beetlejuice. So mm. I think they did it for dumb Americans. <laughs> Um, immediately though, uh, uh, Michael McDowell, uh, well, Michael McDowell talked about him real quick. He's aside from Beetlejuice, he's uh, written a lot of like horror anthology TV show shit, like Tales from the Crypt, that uh, Freddy's Nightmare show we talked about, um, you know, shit like that. Uh, he's also sort of responsible for the Nightmare Before Christmas in the same way, like, what, what, so Tim Burton, um, didn't really do anything. Well, he thought of it's based off a poem that has like a couple of characters in it, and then this guy Michael McDowell did like a short adaptation based off of that. What the story would be, but then the actual screenplay is written by Caroline Thompson. And as we all know, Tim Burton did not direct Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Henry Selick who also directed Coraline, Paranorman, and some other shit. Um, hopefully, everyone listened. Coraline to the podcast. was a Neil Gaiman book. When that movie came out, someone almost got into a fight with me when I tried to explain that to them. What, really? Why? Because they thought the whole thing was a Tim Burton movie. It doesn't have anything to do with Tim Burton. No shit! (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) People are so ridiculous. Just uh, reach it. Once in a while, just read something. Uh, So, yeah, that's Michael McDowell. He's whatever. Um, His original screenplay was incredibly dark, and we'll get to that too in a second. So, Tim Burton... um, brought on Larry Wilson, who's the writer of the Adams Family movie. Who he, had, he hadn't written it yet, but he would be the writer of Adams Family movie. 
to do some rewrites. And then um, Burton replaced McDowell and Wilson with the third credited writer, Warren Scarin, to finish Skarin. it up. That's me, Warren Scarin. So Warren Scarin. I'm writing a movie about Peter Geis. Well, yeah, he also wrote Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2, and he was one of the writers on Batman. Hmm. Yeah, so Beverly Hills Cop 2 wasn't very good. He's more of a hit maker, I guess. Because he did Top Gun with all the homoeroticism. <laughs> I don't, I'm not familiar with it. What do you mean? They uh, play volleyball, and as we all know, the only people who play beach volleyball are gays. <laughs> They're also usually the only ones that are Air, uh, Air Force pilots. Oh, is that true? I have no idea. I was just making something up. I don't know anything about the military except for um, when you join the military, you get brainwashed. Uh, McDowell's original script. Uh, yeah, well, here's the part where it's like, oh, yeah, this would have been an interesting Wes Craven movie. Original script, far less comedic, much darker. Uh, the Maitland's car crash is depicted graphically on screen with uh, Barbara's arm being crushed and the couple screaming for help as they slowly drown in the river. Uh, instead of possessing the Dietzes and forcing them to dance during dinner, the Maitland's cause a vine pattern carpet to come to life and attack the Dietzes by tangling them to their chairs. Uh, Beetlejuice himself was envisioned by McDowell as a winged demon who takes on the form of a short Middle Eastern man. He's also... Okay. In- He's also intent on killing the Dietzes and rather than scaring them. And he wanted to have sex with Lydia instead of wanting to marry her. And McDowell's script also featured his second Dietz child, a nine-year-old named Kathy, who's the only person able to see the Maitlands and is the subject of Beetlejuice's homicidal wrath in the film's climax, <clears throat> during which he mutilates her while in the form of a rabbit squirrel. Wow, wow. So that would have been that would have been quite a film. That's the thing about um even the 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 nature of the finished film that we have, like Beetlejuice and Lydia's relationship makes it weird that that's what the cartoon is about is them being friends because mm-hmm. he was like in a child writer. In the cartoon, they just say, "Nah, they just go on adventures or whatever," and he's always uh, grooming her. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine because when she comes of age, she can have her own agency to, be, and it'll be her choice to be groomed. That's what Drake would say. What? There's never been any problems with Drizzy Drake. <laughs> he loves them youngsters in an inappropriate way. <laughs> uh, the studio originally wanted to call this this film here. Beals just wanted to call it House Ghosts. Get it? Like House Guests. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, and then as a joke, Tim Burton suggested uh, scared sheetless. <laughs> Perfect. But he was horrified when the studio actually considered it. Yeah, that's what you can't throw out a great pun like that. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna wrap that shit up. <laughs> can't one-up the studio because they'll, they'll be like, yeah, that is stupid enough to work. Yeah, well, there's a reason we hired you, Mr. Burton. You're going to be a star. <laughs> uh, you're headed for the big time, kid. Uh, hey, uh, you, uh, you familiar with Alice in Wonderland? You know how he ended up, uh, or he was at one point going to direct a Superman movie too? Yeah. With Nick Cage. With yeah, our buddy Nick Cage. That would have been a pretty weird fucking movie, don't you think? Tim Burton. Yeah, well, I mean, Superman. remember he's like, he can't, he's not going to fly. Uh, um, well, I, mean, I don't want to see that cape. <laughs> didn't fly for a long time, right? He just jumped. Yeah. They stole flying from uh, Captain Marvel, Shazam. Holy shit. And they just got away with it? 
Yeah, well, not only did they get away with it, they later sued the creators of Shazam, and that's how uh, DC, DC ended up got- owning Captain Marvel. Holy shit. How did that happen? Did DC have more money than the publishing company that published Shazam? Um, I believe so, but it's surprisingly because at one point, for a long time, Captain Marvel outsold uh, Superman. Holy shit. <laughs> Comic book history for you guys. Hey, we should have brought this up in the Tim Burton Batman one. Yeah, it didn't come up because who cares about Shazam? He's a dorky superhero anyway. <laughs> I fucking love Shazam. You don't like the uh, Jeff Smith Shazam? No, what's that? The Monster Society of Evil? No, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> How dare you? He made Bone. Bone? Oh, yeah. I like Bone. <laughs> I like Bone quite a bit. I'm more of a indie guy. I only like it when they're independent. Once they go <laughs> mainstream, I'm done with them. <laughs> oh, Bone. Oh, Bone was pretty great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Mike, Mike Mignola is the opposite because he started out mainstream, then he made Hellboy. Sometimes Mike, that's how it goes. <laughs> Mike Mignola roll, rules. This is uh, the Beetlejuice one where you don't talk about Beetlejuice. Man, everyone's seen Beetlejuice. I just felt like watching it. Um, music, though, was done by Danny Elfman, of course. There's, like, nothing nothing like Danny Elfman back in, like, his heyday in this song. Oh, period, yeah, from, you know like, a 90, 1986 about 1994. Five? Yeah. yeah. Well, even I no. mean, this movie does not work without his soundtrack. No, and it's just, like, honestly, movies did not sound like this at all. They still really don't, but it's just, like... And, and maybe it wouldn't work for a lot of different types of movies, really, and it fits Tim Burton's style quite a bit. But there's just like a circus, like organy sound to it, where it's like, hell yeah, this is gonna be fun and weird. Well, I mean, like he's done a couple. Batman Two is a pretty good example. It, it's just a certain. It fits when it fits. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It's Batman a certain type of movie. Batman soundtrack is really good too. Hmm. And the, in in the Batman soundtrack, that's Danny Elfman doing like big movie score. You know big horns and triumphant drums and stuff it's a pretty talented guy that danny elfman he's also responsible for the theme song to the simpsons did you know that i didn't know that yeah my friend didn't know that and that's why we slept together <laughs> <laughs> so why be on the watch out if you don't want to sleep with kyle make sure you know who who created better, the uh, simpsons uh, theme you better be up on your danny elfman lore uh shit the beetlejuice let's talk shit about the cast you ready Hell yeah, let's do it, because one of them is a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> nope, not that one. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Alec Baldwin seems like a piece of shit. Um, Alec Baldwin, uh, he did this movie and then was Jack Donaghy in 30 Rock. and That's it, right? He's also Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live. Oh. Tune in on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> um. Alec Baldwin dislikes this film and was very unhappy with his performance. However, he currently can be seen on Saturday Night Live doing a dumb impersonation of Donald Trump. <laughs> so what does he know? It's crazy. Um, remember when Saturday Night Live would uh, have like up and coming young comedians and use them to do like political satire? But now I think I talked like, to talked about this last time. Like, I'm isn't it ridiculous? Casting? Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, Jim Carrey's gonna play Joe Biden now. Like they have people on in the cast that, that can do be, impersonations. Uh, Why don't you just have them? That's what all used to happen until four years ago. Yeah, it's like fucking um, big Marvel crossover event, late stage capitalism, celebrity as God type shit. You know, Jim Carrey did not make it on his audition when he originally tried out for Saturday Night Live, but now he's back to play Joe Biden. That's the fault of so Saturday Night Live, though. They should, yeah, probably should have true. picked up Jim Carrey. 
You know what I mean? Like they, they have all these kids now that are, are probably never going to get a chance to like this. But hey, Jim Carrey's here to do it for you and do it poorly. Really, he didn't do that great a job. I don't watch it because uh, I can't stand Live, <laughs> But I mean, sure, I mean, he's so good at pulling faces. I could see him doing a good Joe Biden face. Oh, that, his face was fucking that, perfect. That'd be That's, the end of it. Yeah, yeah um, there's <laughs> Saturday Night Live is not exactly who I go to for a hard hitting political satire. <laughs> <laughs> I did see everyone's making fun of uh, Kate McKinnon's tribute to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which is like the tackiest, like North Korean we love dictator type <laughs> shit. <laughs> So that's what I know about modern side of life. And um, fucking uh, Kamala Harris is just a boss bitch or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, every, every one of their skits, it goes on too long, and it takes ridiculous turns for no reason. That, and, I don't know. Well, the, not, my thing they, is they, they're they, saying nothing. They turn political figures into, like, memes. Celebratory memes, yeah. Like, they yeah. make it. I don't know. They, there's, I honestly think it's destructive to people's perception of politics because you can see everyone has like this like really soft consumer. I'm watching a TV show. These are my favorite TV characters type association with politics, whatever. Instead of being like, no, these people work for me. Bully the shit out of them. But it's like fucking no. It's not a TV show. Ruth Bader Ginsburg isn't your favorite character in a TV show. She should have stepped down. And I can talk as much shit about her as I want because she fucking worked for me. Get it? Understand? It's not a TV show. This is real fucking life. So but fuck there's a, it's a reality TV show, Kyle. No, it's, it's, like, it's <laughs> fucking the worst trash TV show I've ever seen. <laughs> Get it together, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Gina Davis is also in it. She's in a lot of great stuff, and she has no involvement with Saturday Night Live. So thank I'm you, I'm pretty Gina sure Davis. she's got it. Of, probably been on Saturday Night Live a couple times. Yeah. In her I, long, illustrious career. Got a hell of a host at least once. <laughs> I'd like imagine myself in the writer's room Saturday Life and like people pitching Kamala Harris shit and I'd just be like, Yeah, and then um let's make a joke about her being a cop and then the room just dies because they're all like shitty, boring, bland liberals who think everyone's a fucking cool ass celebrity that they're friends with and shit. I think the head writer is Colin Yost and Michael Che. Oh. They were at WrestleMania. oh did you hear about vince mcmahon this is the podcast where instead of beetlejuice we just talk about random shit we've read over the last week did you hear about vince mcmahon taking over twitch accounts wrestlers twitch accounts yeah legitimately the wrestlers signing it or signing agreements and the percentage of their income will go to vince mcmahon from the twitch account but they're and not only that it counts i know no shit right and it counts against their guarantee too Holy shit. So the money they are making from their own Twitch accounts, they have to pay some of it to Vince McMahon and it counts against the guaranteed money in their contract. So they're losing money by being on Twitch. That's sort of. It just means if they get hurt, they their accounts against their guaranteed money. I would fight this and make Vince McMahon take me to court over this shit if I was a wrestler. They gotta have a they need to have a union. Yeah, they like, need to unionize quick. Or Vince McMahon needs to die and hopefully Triple H is better. I don't I wouldn't trust that shit. Oh, yeah, because it's supposed to be like when you're a wrestler, you're supposed to be like for the boys, right? It's, we're for the boys. But didn't Hulk and Macho Man kind of kill the union back in the 80s? Just Hulk, yeah. not Macho Man. Oh, I thought Macho Man was in on it, too. He might have been involved in it, too. I thought it was just Hulkster. Hulkster. Yeah, he ratted him out. <laughs> he said, Vince, 
Vince, Vinny, come on, man. We're making the big bucks. That sucks. It would suck to be a wrestler. Unless you're working for AEW, what's it like at AEW? I'm sure they're contracts know, probably are not too. That great. Yeah, better than, than WWE, but you know, it's not. Well, I'm <laughs> sure they're following a similar model, anyways, right? Because most of the um, independent circuits seem to, right? Everyone's still just a contractor and shit. So yeah, I think there's still contracts, but I believe the AEW guys are still allowed to work other places, right? And yeah, Twitch, they do. Twitch accounts are not subject to AEWs. Yeah, do they get health insurance though? I no, doubt it. No, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Other contractors. Yikes! What a crazy dystopia we live in. I guess it's always been the way for wrestlers, but that sucks. That's <laughs> before we start recording. I was watching um, like highlight clips of uh, VTubers. You know, like the virtual anime girls on Twitch and shit. No, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is. This, this is exactly what Hayao Miyazaki was talking about. People can't stand to look at real humans. <laughs> it's like fucking, no, I can't believe this is popular. This is so bad. <laughs> oh, well, Catherine O'Hara. She's a real person. She's in this and Home Alone. I'm sure that's what uh, normal people would know her for. But if you're an adult with sophisticated tastes and dress cool like me, you'll actually be familiar. You'll mostly be familiar with her from Christopher Guest movies. Yeah, I I agree that um, you probably should know her from Christopher Guest movies. I'll challenge that you dress cool. Every time I see you, you're wearing like box or not box shorts, basketball shorts, and, and very little else. Yeah, but it's um hot, and I don't have a job, and I'm um quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever get dressed unless I have to go do something. That's crazy. I actually haven't been like dressed for real in months. Oh, I haven't either. I. I think I put on jeans maybe like two months ago. Can't even imagine doing it now. That's like, if I'm going out and I need to look somewhat presentable, track pants. <laughs> yeah. You're like an Eastern European gangster? Yeah, maybe hey, my... Hey, what is the problem? My, you're for cigarette. My finest pair of sweats. <laughs> my formal sweats. Because they have a back pocket. That's what makes them formal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> can't imagine getting dressed now. So I'm talking about I'm the anarcho primitivist now. I'm like no shirts, no underwear, nothing. Just basketball shorts. It's all just just like the caveman did. Mm-hmm. Well, the just basketball shorts, just so I don't get arrested. If there was an option to not wear the basketball shorts and just let the dick swing, I'd let it swing. Let You're at home. Swing. You can just let the dick swing. That's true, actually. Um. <clears throat> Let's see here. Um, oh, Catherine O'Hara quickly signed on. While Burton claimed it took a lot of time to convince other cast members to sign as they didn't know what to think of the weird script. Obviously, Catherine O'Hara understood because she'd worked with Christopher Guest. She knows comedy. <laughs> she's, she's like, I'm used to working with no script. Let's get yeah. the show on the road. She's apparently on a TV show that's called um, Arrested Development 2, I believe. It's a popular TV show. It's also got Eugene Levy in it where they, it's Arrested Development 2. Oh, uh, Schlitz Creek? Yeah, it's in Arrested Development too. I haven't seen it, so maybe. Yeah, I haven't ever watched it, but um, based on the trailers and what people say about it, sounds like Arrested Development too. It's like a family that was rich now becomes poor. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like Green Acres kind of, isn't it? Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> the Sound of Music. <laughs> the hills are alive. The Sound of Nazi Death Camps. Uh, Catherine O'Hara actually met her future husband, production designer Bo Welch, while making this film. According to Bo himself, Tim Burton said he should ask her out near the end of filming. 
he's quoted saying it didn't even occur to me that i was even supposed to talk to actors but since <laughs> but since tim told me to, to i did and then we dated and we're married and here we are today how cute it is cute but it's also like ugh, weird classism yeah <laughs> hey uh don't talk to her, your production designer. Because well, I mean, like, hundred percent on some sets, I'm sure he would have gotten yelled at for that shit. Oh, absolutely. Even today, I'm sure there's a clear delineation oh, no, yeah, between. Absolutely. I'm sure it's, I might even. We've be all worse, read though. stories about Catherine Heigl. Yeah, or Christian Bale. Okay. <laughs> or that recording. You fuck the Mick Jake. You believe this Joker? Except for it sounds like they're kind of familiar with each other. <laughs> <laughs> So Christian Bell uh, talks to the um, members of production staff, but is also mean to him. <laughs> That'd be the Kyle McDonald move. Yeah, <laughs> I think about myself in, like I was saying, in the SNL like writers' room. Like I would be like persona non grata, like pariah for sure, because I'd be like, yeah, and then let's make a joke about her being a cop. Do it. Make a joke about her being a cop. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> make her look bad because she sucks. Do it. Um, yeah, and then Jeffrey Jones, he's done lots of character actor shit, but he is a convicted pedophile, so fuck him. <laughs> Can't believe they let him around my young waifu, fucking Winona Ryder. He even gives her a kiss on the cheek and a little a cheeky little pat on the bum. No, I bet he liked that. Fucking ridiculous. He's been around so many children in these movies. F- he's a principal, for God's sake. That's right. He was out there touching a Ferris Bueller. That's probably why um, Ferris Bueller killed people in Ireland because he was all PTSD from his sexual abuse. That one's getting cut. Yeah, that's a pretty grim joke. And also it kind of punched it down at people, uh, survivors of abuse, which isn't really what this podcast is about. Um, Of course, we also got uh, Michael Keaton, who plays Batman and Beetlejuice and Birdman. And he's in Jackie Brown. He's also, uh, uh, I believe, he's a corner in the classic movie with Henry Winkler, Night Shift. Oh, um, Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the one where uh, the Fonz uh, is uh, running a prostitution ring. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old Night Shift. We'll probably watch that eventually on this this year podcast if we keep watching movies. I think it is, maybe it's going to get to the breaking point where it's, we just talk shit about what we read all week. That's what, like, every other podcast is anyways. That's, like, what Hillary Clinton's podcast is. Oh, I'm glad to know you listen to Hillary Clinton's podcast. I haven't. I just assume that's what it is, because what else? What the fuck else could she talk about? I don't know. She's got something, something trapped her up in that fucking brain. She's been around for 100 years, and she's been a lawyer in, in politics. She's got to have something interesting to talk about. It isn't what I read for uh, or, or, <laughs> the Boys Episode 6. Episode 7 is the newest one. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't either, actually. Oh, but I did watch Vampires vs. the Bronx. Oh, was it good? It's good. It is a fucking good kids movie. Check it out. It's corny and dumb because it's for kids or whatever. But there's obviously been so many movies and pieces of media in the last decade or so that are trying very, very hard to capture the spirit of 80s film. Obviously, number one offender would be Stranger Things. But this movie takes place in modern times. Doesn't do any nostalgia bidding bullshit, but absolutely could be like fucking in the same category as like Lost Boys, Goonies, all the good age shit. It's well, it's fucking, like it's not about like any of the aesthetic shit necessarily. No, nah, it's just like the spirit of like a kids' adventure movie with some paranormal shit in it. It's fucking dope. I recommend it to anyone, especially if you have kids. Like, 
fucking it's a really good kids movie like the last one i can think of before this would be like monster house yeah it's well it's a little bit more grown up than monster house i guess but it's more like it's just not a dumb kid well i don't want to say monster house is dumb but it's like it doesn't like talk down about what's going on in the situation at all just kind of presents it as it is and um marrow's in it he's pretty funny like that guy so you know we stop giving out shout outs to other podcasters i want you to only talk about this is the only podcast that exists he's not a podcaster anymore they do still have a podcast but he's like a tv guy well and, that's bullshit. and he's in movies and stuff <laughs> they started out as a podcast so it could be us that's like when you listen to the early episodes of Bodega Boys. So they're talking about how poor they are. Like fucking Meryl's like, I only got like six dollars in my pocket. They got a kid coming. Blah blah blah. That's us right now. Imagine. Uh, I don't got a kid coming. <laughs> and I don't have six dollars in my pocket because I already got three kids. Yeah, <laughs> I don't got any more monies. More Why don't I have no kids in three monies? <laughs> could be us. We could have a late night TV show. No, I don't. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if I could handle that. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Kiz says, check it out. Or Kyle Boff says, check it out. Oh, yeah, this Kyle is VHS Cult. Yeah, VHS Cult, Kyle Thunder's King Movies. Uh, I'm here to tell you doom and gloom. How's Rick Moranis doing? Well, he wasn't in Beetlejuice, so that's a big problem for his career. But he was in um, Little Shop of Horse. So oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, originally, me, Seymour. Sorry, Mike, Michael Proceed. Keaton also wasn't almost wasn't in Beetlejuice because originally Tim Burton wanted Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> That'd been pretty strange, don't you think? That would have been a weird one. I want to see that. Um, hey, Beetlejuice. I can't know if I have a Sammy Davis Jr. Beetlejuice. Hey, babe. Yeah, that would been it. He'd always have like a sniffer of brandy in his hands. <laughs> Lydia Berber. <laughs> Lydia Berber. <laughs> that would be pretty cute, actually. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board, actually. Let's do it. Yeah, but Burton was showing a bunch of Keaton's work, and then they did an audition, and Tim Burton was like, oh, yeah, Michael Keaton, you got it. What would have been He's even, got salt. even stranger than Sammy Davis Jr., I think, though, is uh, one of the producers, John Peters, um, wanted to cast Sam Kinison as Beetlejuice. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> you imagine ah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, just yelling all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been some weird been shit. A movie. I'd pay to see it, honestly, but, you know. Yeah. The whole Lydia, him getting married to Lydia hits way differently. <laughs> That's I mean, it's still kind of weird, but Michael Keaton, because <laughs> he is a sex pervert in the movie. Still, so, you know, right. he's a sex pest. So, uh, this is Michael Keaton's favorite film that he's made. So that's probably that's that's cool then, because he he's made a lot of good ones too. No, it's uh, Batman, Birdman, Jackie Brown, <laughs> Night Shift. Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> Multiplicity. <laughs> Multiplicity with uh, Andy McDowell. Yeah, and Michael Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton. That's four different Michael Keatons. <laughs> and Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Uh, yeah, the Kinison's agent never told him about it, though, because probably smart play. His agent was like, no, this is too risky. We can't have him on the set of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Michael Keaton ad libbed about ninety percent of his lines, which makes sense because most of his <laughs> doesn't do a lot of talking, a lot of grumbling. If you ask me, he also only appears on the screen for fourteen and a half minutes of the film, the combined fourteen and a half minutes. So he's a titular character; he's barely in it. That's how you know it's a good movie. I think I don't know, like Saving Private Ryan, exactly. Because the whole movie you're building, it's building up to it. Oh, they got to rescue this guy. He must be important. The real fucking, real, you know, straight shooter. He's got the right stuff. And then, it's, oh, it's Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Yeah. They all died for this asshole. <laughs> uh, Michael Keaton based his performance of Beetlejuice on Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Hell yeah. Chop Top. Chop Top. We'll probably watch that movie soon. Everyone's like, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's not a Halloween movie, all right? You fools. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like a summertime movie. I mean, any movie where there's like a death and a scary thing in it is a, is a, a Halloween movie to people. Yeah, but that's how you know they're not real, like, um, cool at Horror aficionados yeah, like, like you. That's right. Because like the VHS cult. That's right. There's a whole swath, a whole enormous tapestry of horror movies. There's horror all year round. Just because it's horror doesn't mean it's for Halloween. There's hundreds of things that are specifically for Halloween. Figure it out, you losers. <laughs> like the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm thinking, putting my stamp down, I think I said it before. I think it's like the perfect movie to watch Halloween night. Because it's like, farewell Halloween. Let's get ready for Christmas. When there'll be also a big dinner in between, maybe. Thanksgiving. Probably won't happen this year. I'm definitely having a big dinner. I'm going to have a big dinner. I'm going to eat two pies. Oh, shit, man. We're still talking about the cast. This is going to be a long one. Uh, Glenn Shaddix. You got to finish the next hour. I got to watch the, the, the fucking finals. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it done in an hour. Shit, man. Basketball. B-ball time. Uh, Glenn Shaddix, Tim Burton's friend. He's in a bunch of Tim Burton shit. Voice actor in every cartoon you can think of since the late eighties. Think of a few of them. I'll tell you if he's in them. Fly cats. He's in it. <laughs> Samurai Pizza Cats. Just gonna be a series of cat ones. Not that he's not in that one. Heathcliff <laughs> and the Cool Cats. No. Garfield and Friends. Yes. Are you are you serious about all these? Yeah. he's legitimately in a bunch of cartoons from like the late 80s into like the 90s um in september 2010 though shaddix accidentally fell at his condominium in alabama and died of blunt trauma to his head he had already had mobility problems and was wheelchair bound he was also only 58 so being overweight consistently for your whole life is it possibly bad for your health yes Oh, he had had gastric bypass surgery performed in 2006 and lost about 100 pounds, but then he gained it all back. Holy God. How does, I guess if you don't like change your lifestyle, it only helps for a little bit, huh? Right, because I mean, your stomach will, will expand, like to, even though, especially if they don't create a small enough pocket, your, mm. uh, your stomach will still start to push out. I need, to get, I need to get my stomach to shrink. Just make too many big meals, could fit too much in there. Too much in the tank. <laughs> uh, the last song performed at his memorial service was. Can you guess? The Bendy Line. Rocky Body in Time. Yeah. Okay. I oh, the Banana Boat song. Oh, the Banana Boat song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the one, the other one that's in the song. I know, Deadly. A Black Tarantula. Yeah, that one. Um, Sylvia Sidney. She plays Juno, the, the, the 
caseworker for the Maitlands in this movie. Award-winning actress, uh, fucking been acting since film existed, pretty much. Broadway shit, you know what it is—like classic golden age actress type lady. She also published two books on the art of needlepoint and Ooh. raised and showed pugs. Ooh, I'm not a really um, fan of a pug, but. Yeah, she died in 1999, though, but her final appearance in film, do you know what it is? No. Mars Attacks by Tim Burton. Oh, shit. Yeah, she's the grandma in it. Yeah. Mars Attacks is a dope movie. We'll probably watch that on this podcast eventually. I don't care. It came out in 1995. I love that movie. It's got Jack Nicholson in it twice. It's got fucking everybody in it, except for Winona Ryder. Woo! Air air horns. You know, it is Winona Ryder. She's OG waifu. Casting of Lydia came down to just two actresses, Winona Ryder and who can you think of that's similar to Winona Ryder at the time? I don't know. It's Alyssa Milano. Uh, what? Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Who's the boss? Uh, yeah. Um, but ultimately, Winona Ryder won because she's better. Juliet Lewis also auditioned for the role of Lydia, which would have been fine because Juliet Lewis also um, uh, adolescent waifu for me. Love Juliet Lewis, not as much as Winona. Winona, why no forever? That's why I always say Alyssa Milano for never though. Man, she's like one of the most annoying people on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's enough about Winona. You know what it is. I love her. You love her. Um, fucking, she should be able to shoplift whatever she wants. The laws shouldn't apply to Winona Ryder. She's got like kind of like spooky eyes. I believe now. in a tiered tiered <laughs> justice system. Yeah, everyone justice for all except for Winona Ryder can do whatever she wants. She's in her old in her her uh the, as an adult, very adult woman now. Um, she still looks very beautiful, but you know she's got kind of spooky eyes now. She's kind of always had spooky eyes. Yeah, but now it's like she's seen some shit. <laughs> Something about she's her been eyes. in prison. Yeah. But like I don't know, she's still badass. I still love her. She's uh, the one shining beacon of Stranger Things. Um, uh, it was always Burton's intention to make the style similar to the B movies he grew up with as a child. He's quoted as saying, "I wanted to make them look cheap and purposely fake looking," which um, that's the hallmark <laughs> of his career, really. Obviously, by Batman and Beyond, at that point, it's like they're spending a lot of money to make it look very. Askew and strange, but uh, that's Tim Burton's style. He'd uh, eventually become a parody of himself <laughs> and make a Dumbo <laughs> remake. <laughs> Weird no. shit. I'm wondering if he'll I ever. Mean, that Dark Shadows movie is the fucking pinnacle for me of parody of himself. I like, do you think he's got it in him to like make one more good movie? I would love uh, for Tim Burton to be like, fucking, this is it. It's Ed Wood, too. Not Edward too, obviously, but you know Even something, Woody. yeah, something on par with Edward or Edward Scissorhands or Mars Attacks or it doesn't have to be like some serious like Oscar winning shit, just like your fucking good Tim Burton movie. I don't know, man. Oh. I don't know what I haven't talked to him lately, so I don't know what he's got going on in his life. Seems I like mean, nobody's got a lot of juice right now. Yeah, plus like you, who, no one's allowed to make movies anymore unless they're like um, superheroes and shit, anyways. Didn't him and Helena Bohem Carter finally like break up for the, officially the, for the last time? Yeah, the they had that house that had like um they had separate houses that just had a connecting like tunnel, right? Not a tunnel, yeah, but like right uh, a walkway. Sure. That shit's wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Burton is a fucking snorer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, that's why you, you got to find a partner that's just a very deep sleeper. <laughs> or a drunk, because they sleep deeply. <laughs> I don't, actually. The other night when we did the fucking stream, after I drank, like, I get, like, the, the worst, like, most anxious awake every, like, hour of sleep when I drink now, apparently. No, that's, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. Here's a little fun fact about cars. Are you ready? I guess. I thought we were talking about Beetlejuice. It has to do with Beetlejuice. Okay. At the time the movie was made, the reputation of the 240 series Volvos was that it was the safest car in the world. Purportedly, no one had been killed in a Volvo of that series in vintage. The fact that Adam and Barbara died in one was a huge joke to Volvo owners and other car savvy viewers. I don't think... So, this Ha-ha! is an IMDb fact, right? Uh-huh. This sounds like an asshole who owned a Volvo when he saw Beetlejuice and he really loved the joke and now he's spinning it so to as to appear that other people in the know also thought it was funny. But really, <laughs> it was just a singular experience that he has. Yeah. I, what do you think the odds are that Tim Burton and these people fucking knew this shit? Maybe if that was like how Volvos were being promoted at the time, maybe that's like why they did it. But I just, I don't know. I feel like this person just created the narrative in their own head because they, they thought the joke was good. Yeah, well, welcome to the internet. Yeah, this is, um, I, I only copied this one because it, it's like whenever I see action movie IMDb facts and it's just a list of like all the guns that are in it and shit and like the anachronis- anachronistic ways that the guns are used or whatever where it's like, yeah, really with the, the fucking 135, uh, you wouldn't, the slide wouldn't come back in 22 seconds. It would actually turn blah, blah, blah. So you used the, the P-35 uh, Walter here. It's clearly a reference to the uh, 80s classic Transformers and Megatron. I wish it was that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like, no, the bullets uh, exit their casing at a, a inconsistent angle to real life. Uh, normally the rifling in the barrel would... Blah, 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 blah. Shut up, you fucking nerd. Go fucking suck off a gun, you weirdo. <laughs> People love guns that much. It's just weird. I'm not, America. I'm not interested in anything enough to know like fucking <laughs> velocity standards and bullets or some shit. So weird. Bullet go pew and make bang. That's all I need to know. No, you point at someone and they die. That's the important part. Beetlejuice was a financial success, recouping its $15 million budget and was the 10th highest grossing film of 1998. 1988. That's why you got to make Batman, because it made like $73 million, which is, um, if you know anything about math, which I do, 73 is quite a bit more than 15. Many people are saying. Mm-hmm. Many people are it saying it's so good so. that they made a weird cartoon about it. For yeah, kids on TV. For kids, um, completely ignoring that Beetlejuice is a sex pest. But Lydia's got like a red spider dress, which is kind of cool. Yeah, the character designs are cool. Uh, sandworms, um, I didn't like them when I was a kid. Thought they were kind of scary. Uh, Beetlejuice, mostly positive reviews, eighty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It won a Saturn Award in nineteen ninety for best horror film. Uh, Siskel, though, says an overly ambitious special effects comedy, obviously influenced by the success of Ghostbusters, gives it two out of four stars. I disagree with that. I don't think it has anything to do with Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's like, um, oh, this movie's got ghosts in it. Must be like Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a comedy movie. And there's ghosts. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I guess at the time there wasn't very many movies like that. I mean, I except don't know, for like, like every horror movie that was made in the 40s and 50s. I don't understand. There's no reason to. Yeah. It's, oh, hmm, Ghostbusters, huh? 
Uh, Ebert said the movie is all anti-climax once we realize it's going to be about gimmicks, not characters. Two out of four stars. Pretty dynamic characters in this movie. Uh, the movie moves at um, quite a fast clip, uh, but the I feel like the characterization is worked in well enough into the script that I don't have that complaint at all. You pretty much he's know not, exactly who the character I mean, is. I, I guess I understand where he's coming from, but I don't think he's right. Well, it's um, how much character depth do you need in a weird horror comedy, you know? Well, I want to really know more about Robert Goulet. No. Well, Beetlejuice Goulet. was uh, the first DVD sent out on Netflix in 1998. That's pretty cool, huh? Oh, and it'll be the last one sent out in 2026. They're going to go back to delivering them by mail? They still deliver them by mail, don't they? I don't know if you can do it anymore. I'm pretty sure it's still an option. Oh. All right, I'll look it up after this. Check my Twitter. All right, there was an animated series that we talked about. wasn't anything like the movie. There's also a musical that um, doesn't appear to have made it off the ground. It looks like it was performed once, like, off-Broadway, and then that was that. And there's a sequel that has been in production hell since the 90s. Most recent news on that sequel in October of last year, 2019, Warner Brothers stated the film had been shelved. So, <laughs> Peter just goes Hawaiian, right? Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, maybe that'll be the movie that Tim Burton comes back in. It's like, oh, he's back, baby. I doubt it, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Show's going to be awful. <laughs> like, I have no faith in Tim Burton to make a Beetlejuice sequel. <laughs> Winona Ryder would apparently still be in it, or she was initially in the 90s when it was going to be made because Michael Keaton and her both signed on to make it. I mean, you can't do a Beetlejuice sequel without Michael Keaton. You maybe can get away with it without Winona Ryder. I don't think so. I think Winona Ryder should probably be in every movie. I think they should get that pedophile back, too. Ooh, I don't know about that. That pedophile is in a lot of Tim Burton movies, so that means Tim Burton was friends with the pedophile. <laughs> well, that's Hollywood, baby. That's Hollywood, baby. Let's talk about uh, the best parts of the movie. Um, I like when Winona Ryder's writing her suicide note. <laughs> Me, too. Yeah, it's pretty it's, cute. Uh, it's kind of melodramatic, and like you can kind of tell she's not actually going to go through with it. Man. Yeah, but that's like the uh, the depression you normally face, the level of depression you would face as a depressed kid in high school, really. Yeah, sometimes you go, like, to my death. Yeah, sometimes you might go through with it, as has happened <laughs> in my life. But um, yeah, I don't know. I also like that at the end of the movie, um, she's happier and shit, but she's like still goth and stuff because it's like that's not what it's all about. It's not all about being sad. It's about being yourself. No, no, you. if you have black hair, you're you're a sad one. You gotta sad you're a sad sack. You gotta be sad. Vampires. Vampires. That's not true because all the goth shit, all the like death rock and early goth music wasn't necessarily about being sad. It was just about being spooky, but it was still about like being sexy and punk rock. It wasn't until like, I don't know, later on everyone got really sad. Probably after Bella Lugosi died and the Bauhaus made Bella Lugosi's dead, that's when everyone was like, you know, it's time to be sad. <laughs> It's funny thing about how much hand acting Bella Lugosi did, right? Well, I mean, you you got to hands. a lot of scary. That was scary back then. Was a man with his hands being spooky. Yeah, now it's uh, loud noises. Oh yeah, that's another complaint about Hollywood twenty Halloween twenty eighteen and most modern horror films. I got to um, complain about just movie sound mixing in general. Off, well, like the instead of jump scares now, well, they'll still have jump scares, but it's like so reliant on sound. Like I've Someone experimented. We're like, yeah, you can like turn off the sounds, and so many of the quote unquote scares in the movie are just like not, they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. 
because it's like, oh yeah, there's a spooky shadow, and without the sound, it's just like, yep, that's a spooky shadow, all right. <laughs> so I don't know. Get it together. Just have me direct movies. I know what to do. Anyhow, yeah, this is Tim Burton in his heyday. Tim Burton, like, fucking hit after hit after hit. I love every movie he makes up until um, Planet of the Apes. I remember seeing Planet of the Apes in the theater and not thinking it was so bad, but I was also, like, 11, 12. I remember being completely okay. You know, like, like, that wasn't Planet of the Apes movie. I just remember. Not like, a particularly good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. those apes look cool. Tim Roth as the mean ape. Yeah, yeah, that's, I believe Tim Roth the ape. Tim Roth, I believe, was almost anything. Yeah, he's a mean ape. Uh, Beetlejuice, though, one of a kind film. No other films are like it, except for Ghostbusters, apparently. And Ghostbusters too. Mm-hmm. It's only got eighty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'd say ninety-five percent. It's ninety-five. I would say ninety-five point one percent. Um, I'd like to be Beetlejuice for Halloween if we ever Halloween ever happens yeah, again. Yeah, go to costume. Yeah, I'm not. I want. Obviously, you'd have to wear the striped suit because that's what he's most known as. Oh, you got to do the velvet one at the end. Oh, that one's pretty good. Uh, I would want to do the striped suit though because he's got combat boots on, and like that's like how I dress all the time is with boots. So, I would do. Uh, I would do the him dressed as Alec Baldwin. Yeah, but then um, you know what I mean. <laughs> Mine would, uh, I'd be shirtless under the jacket so that I could be uh, buff Beetlejuice. It's fucking spooktober legitimately. Last week it was uh, not. Now it is. Fortunately, though, it's still like 100 degrees outside. So Yay, fortunately. Yeah. Our, we plummet to our climate change future. Yeah, it'll be... Um, about a month before it gets down to the 80s, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe by Thanksgiving we'll be around 70, 75. Well, it's like at nighttime, it gets... By the time Halloween comes around at night, it's nice. So I just only do things at nighttime. Which I is do my I, best work at night. Just like Batman. I do prostitutes. Yeah, I do. Most of the time, I just do stuff at night. I guess I'm a sex worker. You're a night walker. All right, so check out Beetlejuice. I know everyone's seen it. I'm sure we didn't add anything new to the narrative about Beetlejuice. It's just a good movie. I love it. I love Winona. I love Catherine O'Hara. My feet funny. King. I think this is Alec Baldwin's like best performance. It's pretty much the only thing I care about he's done except for 30 Rock. So Alec Baldwin, fucking, you're dumb. Which is <laughs> obvious because he's on Saturday Night Live doing a bad impersonation of Trump and he thinks he's shit. Shut up, you alcoholic. Go yell at your daughter some more. <laughs> <laughs> You're in great. <clears throat> You're in great. Uh, there's one thing about his character in 30 Rock that always bothered me, though, especially because of like how astute most of the satire is in 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Is um they kind of want to like play it both ways with his like Irish American roots, right? Where anytime they show his family or extended family, it's like legitimate like street level irish catholics they're all a mess and there's drunks and crazy people and blah 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 but that seems to like go against the nature of his character where he seems it seems like he should be lace curtain irish where everything is handed to him right but it's still no he pulling himself up by his bootstraps and got to where he is all by his own hard work which is like nah that shit doesn't happen (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they were trying to think that deep in the, their social satire. They're just like, you know what's funny? Potato Irish. 
Yeah, I mean that's what the, the the it's like. It wouldn't be funny for him to be like uptight fucking Bostonians that all went to MIT and shit. And well, maybe it would be if they're like a mockery of the Kennedys. I don't know. There's something there. Maybe I just like they just wanted to have it both ways, huh? Ridiculous. You want to have their cake and eat it too. You can't have yeah. cake and eat it. You gotta, you can only, you can either do one. You can either keep the cake or you can eat it. Yeah. So that's my uh, critique of Thirty Rock, a show that has been off the air for about a decade. <laughs> yeah, it's pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a real hot take that everyone needed to hear. Uh, Halloween must continue, though. The spooks, the thrills, and spooks will continue. We're, we're in the, the season week. of the witch. You, you know it, buddy. Next week we will be watching. Chud 2, Bud the Chud. Chud 2. Even chuddier. No, Bud the Chud. <laughs> Bud the Chud. Uh, we are not watching the first Chud because I don't like it very much, but I think Bud the Chud is a pretty good movie. And like uh, the climax takes place on Halloween, so you know you know what it is. Will we uh, be on Twitch this uh, Friday as well? Yeah, probably. Unless something comes up. We either will be or we won't be. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> what do, you, what, do, you, uh, do you have a movie for that or are we just going to wing it? Oh, there's um a somewhat recently made, I think like 2016 movie that uh, is a Halloween movie, and it's one of those movies where like it's kind of bad on purpose, but then on top of it, it's also just kind of bad, but it <laughs> makes it entertaining at the same time. It's called The Barn, so I think we'll watch that. All right, we're watching The Barn on Friday, 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Worst Coast time. Yeah, Beast Coast or the least Coast. 12 a.m. not p.m. at that point. Uh, AM, yeah, at least coast. Uh, we also are on Twitter, got an Instagram, got a website. I got like, follow, horse. subscribe. I got sheep. Run again, you good night, sleep. Rate and review, uh, iTunes, Spotify, all them shits. Out of the country, keep um, positive thoughts, guys. The death of Donald Trump. Stay positive that he dies. <laughs> I mean, I don't not. even. Again, I don't even die. Just, eh. I do. No I think way. it'll be. It'll like. It's a nice way to like type. Like, it's a nice like tight ending. Yeah, to no, the I, you know, bow it up, to tie a nice bow on it. The best way is he gets really sick. He lives through the election, loses terribly, and then he dies shortly after. That's that's it right there. Doo-doo. Nah, the justice of him dying from like a hoax, what he called a hoax. Well, I he's think, still dying from the hoax, mm-hmm. though. He's just it's gonna take him a while. Like so Herman beautiful. Kane. So beautiful. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this uh, podcast is the reason why neither of us will ever get a job in the entertainment industry. No, because I'll fight the writers' room about Kamala being a cop, <laughs> and we're gonna be poor the rest of our lives. Pew! That's guaranteed. <laughs> that is guaranteed by birth, though. So it's hard to dig yourself out of that one. Which is why I don't agree with <laughs> the Jack Donaghy character. In <laughs> don't think he's realistic. How's that for a bow? <laughs> VHSCult.com. Uh, like, subscribe, tell your friends. Do all that shit. We will be back next week with Bud the Chud and more amusing anecdotes about me doing drugs and uh, making a joke out of getting date raped. Obviously, it wasn't date rape because uh, there was inherent consent in that the fact I was trying to chat her up first I would assume you'd think right I don't don't know know. what if I had the second thoughts but I was too fucked in Ambien to remember never know yeah it's interesting to think about well yeah cut this because I got dark (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
It's it's, <laughs> it's a strange minefield to navigate that consent. Normally, it's not. Honestly, I. Oh, I was going to say I put myself in that situation. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> You're victim blaming. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel bad about it because I did intend to have sex with her if it came up. So the fact that I don't remember it, whatever. I was a mess in my 20s anyways. I believe on the stream I said uh, I did not attend college because I was considered too important to the drug taking and partying scene. <laughs> it was a community decision. I was too integral. <laughs> So, you know, it happens, I guess. But should it? It's kind of weird to talk about um, male sexual assault now that I'm honest about it. Yeah. Or I guess when it, it when it involves my person, since I don't ever... I've never really felt too victimized in my life, except for, like, a, I don't know, junior high and high school when I was uh, getting called uh, mean shit all the time because of how I dress. But I don't know. That's VHS call. <laughs> <laughs>